You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 858 Available in hybrid or all electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA, Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, very good evening, Sports Day SA. David Woody and Richard Douglas of Budget Car and Truck Rental. If you're moving house, use of the team that's easy and affordable. Get on the road faster. The number there, Budget Car and Truck, 132727. is a welcome. Good to have him back to Richard Douglas. Dougie, how are you? David, excellent. Fantastic to be back in the hot seat uh, after a big weekend of uh, yeah. footy. Well, look at that. I just wanted to also say we had KG's um, opening of the Adelaide Oval Media Centre. Fantastic um Corns the MC. Bruce McAvaney was outstanding with his speech. Peter Malinowskis also spoke up. The way he spoke without a note in front of him and told a few boyhood stories when he first met KG was um, unbelievable. So, Kenneth George, I know you'll be listening, or maybe you're not tonight, but um, congratulations once again. And I don't think, Dougie, you probably had a bit to do with him over the years too. Um, as a more worthy recipient, when you he's 83, still on radio, and still as sharp as a tack and very humble man and just great for – that's going to be there forever now for the Cunningham family. Oh, it's a beautiful touch. Uh, growing up in Victoria, I didn't know uh, or hear about KG <laughs> too much, but uh, as soon as I got to the club, oh, you'd often see him just floating around. as where's this? Uh, there's mm. this man. And uh, just you could just see the respect that everyone had for him. And uh, as soon as you hear him speak and on radio, obviously, was uh, – you couldn't help but love the guy and uh, his contribution to South Australia, not just in the media, but what he's done in, in umpiring football and in cricket. Uh, he's touched a lot of people. So well done to you, KG. A very special moment. Yeah, wonderful cricketer. But he, he co- I think he had four grand finals in a row and quite a young man and he spat the dummy. Someone gave him a poor performance in the prelim and I think he got dropped for the grand final and just quit. And it's a big regret of his now that he should have umpired a few. So that was the days of one umpire. Mm. Right, now, they, now we've got... Bloody eight or nine okay. out there. Grand final, um, unbelievable. Uh, hats off to Geelong, Chris Scott, Joel Selwood, Patrick Dangerfield. Um, you name a dozen stars, maybe even more. But they, they they almost played the perfect game, just like they did in the prelim when they smashed Brisbane. They got it right, didn't they? From the very first round to whatever they've done and the way they've changed their way they've trained and looked after the older players. Um, incredible story. Yeah, they had the perfect season, really, didn't they? I think they had 16 on the trot to win the flag. So just their build-up looked uh, perfect. They had uh, all their senior players rested in good form and they started the game really hot and Sydney just couldn't match it, could they? They really got blown away. I think everyone was waiting for Sydney to bounce back and show a bit of fight. Maybe they did a little bit in that second quarter, but uh, they'll be certainly uh, very shattered with their performance. But credit must go to the the whole Geelong Football Club, uh, particularly to... Chris and Joel, who have led that uh, that team perfectly. What makes them so good? Um, everybody, t- they talk about Hawthorne being the family club at the moment. That's props uh, not the right uh, uh, thing to talk about. But Geelong, everybody wants to go to Geelong. They recruit and they want to stay. And even from young Stengel who goes there, 
as an impact to the high price. Jeremy Cameron, Zach Tui, yeah, the list goes on. They've all come across. Isaac Smith wins the Norm Smith medal. Patrick Dangerfield, one of the greatest players. They go to Geelong. Obviously, he lives near home, but they do it well, don't they? Oh, they do. And a lot of clubs will be looking a lot closer now. They've got the ultimate. Um, I think a few clubs might have been like, I'm not sure they're doing it the right way. They haven't haven't achieved the the premiership yet. But now that they've done that. What were you saying about um, the balance? They do it a bit different, the well, work. Well, I think they've got the balance right between football, hard work, and their off-field um, social life, Time in family life, um, which is what, for me, if I was a player in today's day and age, that would be what I'd be looking for if I'm going to a club. I want the balance. I don't want to be footy 24-7. I want to have a life outside of football. Um, I want to be able to, you know, do some other things. I know Tom Hawkins and Jeremy Cameron, they live on farms. They run cattle. They do all this in their spare time. Um, I, I know that Chris Scott gets every player out of the door by 2 p.m. Incredible. Most other clubs are there to at least five. And I can understand, you know, clubs like the Crows or Port, they've got a lot of younger players. They so they train in the morning then Yeah, out. That, you know, other clubs can't do They've got so many young players and they need to put the time in the gym and skills and all that to get up to the AFL level. But these guys have been in the system 10, 12 years. They don't need to keep, you know, pumping weights and all this stuff. So they can afford to get out of the club, put some time into themselves, um, personal development, family, and get themselves set up outside of footy, which we know is going to help their mental health. And you just see how happy they look and, you know, just their appreciation they had for the moment. And their, They're not at the top either, are they? They're no, just they were very as... mature and uh, all class, all the players. And they got around, you know, so many people on that after the – the game it was just so impressive to watch as, as a whole of, as a footy club. If you're a Geelong supporter, you just would have been proud of your footy club. Richard Douglas uh, in the chair for Malcolm Blight this week. Tell us about two players. One you play with a lot of footy with Patrick Dangerfield. One you played a, against a lot, Joel Selwood. Two of the icons of the game. I mean, Selwood's arguably Geelong's greatest ever player. And, and Danger, as he said, he got up to Mount Everest. He got the premiership after doing everything else in footy. Do you have sort of a snapshot of those two? Oh, gee whiz. I mean, Patty was... He come in, come to the Crows when he was 17. He was still in school. Um, but he had this confidence and almost this aura about him at that age. And Is that when we went to Dubai? Yeah. He came as a young fellow yeah, there. He was, uh, like yeah, he was had to get leave from school. But <laughs> he had this presence about him from such a young boy. He was 17. He was around men. But he had this inner confidence and belief that he was going to be such a good player. And at the, I remember at the start it come across as a bit of cockiness. The boys didn't quite know how to take it. But as soon as he got into training – um, he was head down, bum up, and you just earned respect and you could clearly tell quickly that he was going to be a star. And a good bloke. You really played a lot bloke. of footy with him. Yeah, fantastic guy. Really unique guy. Um, got a great uh, outlook and philosophy on life. Um, enjoys a good time. Um, Is and, he slightly quirky? Like oh, very slightly quirky, yeah. Off yeah, beat? a little bit, little bit different, and, and but just really humorous. <laughs> Always uh, um, up for a laugh and a good time. Um, so, he's, you know... Unfortunately for the Crows when he left, and we we're all shattered, but we always sort of knew he was going to leave. He had other things in mind, and I'm really excited for what he's got post-footy too. I think he'll be uh, – you can really do what he wants. You said the back end of Andrew McLeod and Danger were the two they best players were, to play yeah, with? Yeah, the, the, what we had with Paddy and the back end of Bungie were certainly the, the two that stand above the rest for me that I played with. And for Joel, just um, hard, courageous. He's respected by everyone, respected, though, isn't he? but – um, I remember too when he started out, he, he played in the 2007 Premiership. Yep, yep. It was his first yep. year, and he held his own in that team, and that was a champion team, and he forced his way into it. Uh, so he's had a remarkable career, and 
Uh, you talk about his courage and resilience and his, you know, hard-nosed approach, but his skill too. That goal he kicked on his right, that snap around um, across his body was was pretty special. Um, just a fantastic footballer, leader, and a man you've seen after the game, what he was able to, or not just after but before with Levi Ablett uh-huh. carrying him out was a really special moment. And with the Oz kicker at the end, the giving boots. him his boots, um, really nice touch. There's no surprise that Geelong is such a powerful club when you throw in – Dangerfield, Selwood, Hawkins, and Chris Scott. It's when you're a young bloke, and you know we touched on Tyson Stengel. He couldn't be at a better place, could he, to develop as a footballer and as a person? And um, you got to take your hats off to them. They've done it so well. It is absolutely incredible. A lot of people have been bagging Sydney. I know I played in a couple of losing grand finals. You played in, and you feel helpless. So you think you're trying, and suddenly the goals are mounting up. It's strange. Adelaide running down by. You know, a couple of goals at half time in your game, yet it seemed Richmond were. But you being on the ground, as it the longer that game went, you almost feel helpless, don't you? Everything seems to be going their way. Guys are kicking goals, you know, out of their backside. Someone's taking a big mark, and whatever you guys do doesn't work. So I feel for Sydney. They're a lot better team than what yeah. we saw. That's that's a, probably the worst performance they've had all year. So, but you can probably. You know a little bit about that second half against um, the Tigers. Yeah, it was hard to watch. I think watching it, you sort of get flashbacks to what happened in 2017 for myself. But the most disappointing thing, for, I think, for Sydney would, you know, taking out the result, they didn't play the way they wanted no. to play. So they got all that hard work throughout the season and, and to dish that up on grand final, they'll be obviously pretty shattered with that. Geelong didn't let them play their way, but they just uh, it, they just got over siege and overawed, didn't they, by the occasion. Uh, Warner had a really good day. Uh, Fox probably stood up. And Not too many others, Outside though. of that, they, they struggled. But well, I think to get back into the game, you, you, before you can start kicking goals, you need to neutralise the contest. They just couldn't do that throughout the day. So that second quarter, there's a little bit of resistance, but they were still getting beaten heavily in the, in the contest and losing field position. So until they could rectify that, they were never going to get back into the game, and, and they just couldn't do that. Geelong's mids were too strong, too powerful. Um and they become a tipping point, and and once the you know, the arm wrestle was was done, the the floodgates opened, yeah. and you know there's no worse a time in football, I can guarantee you, than uh, being running running around as a Sydney player in that last quarter when you know the game's well and truly over. over. That, that quarter takes only goes for thirty minutes, but it feels like a lifetime. It's funny, um, not often you see Sydney players get caught like they did, but it wasn't the first tackler. They could break that. What was the second guy that got them time? And, and I'm talking season players, Parker, Papley, all these guys got done. That. They were on, weren't they? Though the the big strong boys of the cats, and not too many little weedy guys. No, they were they were primed. That as you mentioned, that that pressure and it becomes perceived, doesn't it? At a point for Sydney, they just uh, panic set in. You know that kick across goal, that turnover from uh, McCartan, but Sydney were able to apply, apply a little bit of pressure. But Geelong would be able to get out because they'd get that first one, and Sydney couldn't get that follow up pressure that Geelong were getting. So. Um. Yeah, disappointing. Eighty odd points is not what you want to dish up on on grand final day. I, I know you say a lot of teams get belted. It's tougher the next year. I still think Sydney have got the nucleus and a very good coach and and personnel led by you know likes of, of Parker and Heaney, these sort of guys that that can stay up. I mean, that's going to hurt. But they've got some good young talent too. That um, we saw. You mentioned Warner. Um, they got Campbell. There's a lot of Heaney's still a fairly young player. The McCartans have come in. Um, I think they can still sort of push for it, but can they make the improvement to to go one better? Yeah, well, I guess you know you look at uh, Collingwood are going to be better. You would think Melbourne are going to be back, um, and there's probably always another team that can Carlton you think would improve. Carlton. So 
No guarantees they're going to be uh, back into a grand final, let alone top four. It gets really hard. Looking back, obviously us in 27 fell off the cliff after the grand final loss. Highs in 18, again, fell off the cliff. GWS haven't been seen in 2019 since. The Dogs, we know what happened to them after last year's loss. So history does tell us if you lose, and particularly if you lose heavily on grand final day, it can really take it out of the team. And that's when you do. You mentioned the leaders are really strong at Sydney. And we know the culture is good. They're going to have to rely on that really heavily to to build the guys back up because they take a hit. There's the embarrassment and shame that goes with it as well. That's real, and that can take some time over the summer to build back. So it won't be easy, but uh, luckily for John Longwell, he's got Don Pike in his corner to maybe walk him through what to do or maybe what not to do, yeah. David, in terms of uh, – you know, how do we uh, how they can move forward? Back. Yeah. Trade up to continental tyres this trade period. Um, this is a KG, a great day for the great man. And John's rung in from Port Augusta to talk on KG. Hello, John. Hello, David. Dougie, welcome on Mighty Five Double A, Richard. So, yeah, good Thanks, luck John, from, from a port from a port supporter. So, good luck <laughs> to you, mate. On you, John. Thanks, mate. From port supporter. Yeah, uh, uh, KG, congratulations to listen, Kenneth George. Uh, look, mate. Um, you're not. You weren't an average cricketer. You don't play that much first class when you're an average cricketer. You want to see an average cricketer? You should see me play. I was a very average cricketer. <laughs> but but uh, but uh, mate, he's a humble man. He's a, he's a nice bloke. He's a river of a bloke. He's always too good a bloke for his own bloody good in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, he gets a bit one-eyed, passionate over the top one old. That's fair enough. But but no, nah, you don't KG and. Well, Andy, Andy, I just missed him playing cricket. You saw him play a bit of the old, the old Tepper Shield and all the rest of it. I played against Who him, John. Who the last, say, 30 or 40 years is your mind job? Thanks, fellas. Uh, last, he was what I'd call a sort of dual, uh, left-hander, and he played all back foot shots, hooked and cut. Uh, my first A-grade game for Prospect, I played against him, and he swore, and he was quite fat then, back then, KG, but <laughs> he's a wonderful, I ran him out, Dougie, in my <laughs> first game. I think he's... 20 years older than me or just, just over and uh, – um, but wonderful cricketer, wonderful umpire, but he's a great bloke and that's the most important thing I think. I've been lucky enough to work with him for 20 or 30 years. So well done, John. A great man. Adelaide Auto 4x4, 15% off first purchase. Adelaide Auto 4x4. Uh, remember that name and that offer on until September 30. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Gee, this show goes quickly. AFL Trade Radio Update. Trade up to Continental Tyres, engineered in Germany. Proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Sam, how are you? Sam Fantasia. Oh, hang on. We'll get you up there. There yep. you go. There we go. I was about to say if you got my mic on, uh, but there we Have go. Now. Uh, we'll go quickly. Mitch Robinson, he's... Potentially playing on if the offer's there. Sounds like he wants to move back to Victoria. Done and dusted. Dougie, um, Mitch, over. Gone. Oh, I think so. Yeah. 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 We agree. We agree. Uh, Bobby Hill looks like he's going to the Pies. That'll be settled pretty early next week for a future second rounder or a second rounder. Uh, Tanner Bruin, the Giants aren't too happy that, um, you know, he's a second year or third year player and he's about to go at the end of his first contract. Uh, but we'll go to Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto. Both have played 114 games since 15-16. And here's uh, GWS footy manager, Jason McCartney. Uh, obviously, Tim's a bit different to Jacob because Jacob is in contract. Mm. So, uh, yeah, look, obviously, um, Richmond bowed out that first week of finals and they're around the mark all year and they've identified a need in their, in their midfield. And um, obviously, there's, there's two quality players there. But, 
you know, Blair Hartley in some chats with Blair and, and the Richmond guys, if, um, they understand of the quality of these players and they understand sort of, you know, it's going to take a little bit of work with, with one still in contract. Both played 114 games. Exactly, 114 yeah. games. Yeah, pick seven in 2015 for Hopper and pick two in 2016 for Taranto. But you'd think it'd need to be two first-rounders to get them both over. Um, and they might even do sort of what they did, keeping Bobby Hill to his contract last year, and they might only uh, end up giving up Taranto with uh, Hopper, a free agent next year. What's happening with Billy Frampton? Uh, Billy Frampton, he's out of contract. Just sounds like he's got a good offer to go to the Pies. Sounds like it'll be wrapped up pretty early next week as well. But it sounded like he had a few offers from a few different clubs. Here's his manager, Colin Young. I think it's pretty good because he can do his swingman, and I know he plays here ruck back and forward. Mm. But I think he's positioned down the back line. Yep. Um, what's his name? The, one of the players that retired, uh, Ruffy, yep. this yes. year. So I think he's going to take Ruffy's spot. So that looks like it'll be, you know, I'd imagine get done probably the first week as well. We, we rate Billy because we, we rep him and everything, but there was a few clubs that rang just before the season end because he had a pretty good year. You know, he played pretty well against the Bulldogs, probably his best game ever. And he'd been playing Sandful all year, so with watching him play Sandful all year and there's a couple of clubs over in Melbourne that thought there was a hole there for that could be filled by him over here. It was pretty an easy one for him at the end of the day. This Trade Radio update is thanks to CMC Markets. Trade your way with CMC. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Um, we got a couple of minutes before we got a hit to the break. Uh, Jason Johannesson signed a two-year deal to stay with the Doggies. Reports Jordan DeGoey's rejected, rejected a Pies contract offer due to some behavioural clauses. You make of that, Dougie? Oh, gee, Not happy. Yeah. He can be a bad boy and take his money. Yeah, I'd just take it and run if I was him. Just in his best interest. And just pull Surely. He's him accountable, so it would be signing there. Yeah, but, at um, least Cannon. I mean, buyer beware. But That's going to be interesting, though. How much do you know they let him get away with calling it? And I wonder what those clauses are. I'd love to know. Yeah, I... I don't know. I mean, he's on his day, he's a wonderful player, isn't he? But uh, would, it that... as, would it be as tough as no alcohol? Could they do that? Like, it could, if that's oh, interesting, that's uh, no trips a, to a, Bali mid-year. Yeah. <laughs> Keep out of uh, really, America. Really interesting, though, what those clauses would be, because for him to knock it back, it must be more than just uh, you know, be pretty stringent. You'd be yeah, thinking. yeah, it'd be yeah, pretty yeah, tight. Back, so yeah. it's going to probably impact on him. Yeah, I might talk about that so more. That's, uh, interesting to find out what they may be. Not that we will. More time tomorrow. Now, if you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler, uh, Beaumont Tiles wants to help you out. Head to iCanWin.com.au and you can win $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. And no sniffs around for Matt Crouch. We might talk about that tomorrow too because we've still got plenty to come, um, including the, the Care Top 7. That'll be all Geelong, you'd imagine. And also Dan Cherney from... Uh, from Code Sports, he's talking about the length of contracts. Back with more shortly. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day SA, David Wildey and Richard Douglas for weeks. Weeks homes discover different. And Tire Power, Australia's biggest independent tire retailer. Their buying power puts the power in your lane. Well, Dougie, the grand final was a fizzer. No doubt about that. Absolute fizzer. Even I sort of uh, lost interest after about a quarter and a half, and I love my footy, but let's speak to Dan Cherney for Code Sports. He would have seen the game, and uh, I think a lot of people felt the same way. They thought the Swans would put up a fight. They didn't. They put up a whimper, and uh, Dan joins us now. Dan, thanks for your time. Um, yeah, big build-up. We all thought it might be a bit closer than that, but, uh, gee, hats off to Geelong. They played almost the perfect game. Yeah, good to be with you, David and Richard. Uh, yeah, it was um, it was clearly very one-sided. Uh, look, I, I tipped Geelong. I thought they thought they'd win, but 
uh, not not as convincingly as, as resoundingly as that. Uh, I suppose you, you really expect it's going to be an eighty point ball game in a grand final. Although we have had a few grand final blowouts in recent times, uh, the most famously Geelong in two thousand seven, but uh, Richmond in twenty nineteen was the last MCG grand final, and that was actually uh, even more of a blowout than, yeah. than this game. Uh, yeah, the Cats. Look, the, the Swans just looked startled. It, it really did look like boys against men, and I mean, Geelong, you know, went in with the oldest team of all time, good three years on average older than. Then uh, the Swans and the Swans are sort of probably bloated a bit age-wise by with Buddy Franklin at 35. So um, yeah, they they were just a class above. So so much tougher, or just so much more physical. Uh, you know, they won that contested ball, brutalised Sydney through the midfield. Um, the forward line was on song, and we know they, how many stars they have up on that up that end. And you know, when it eventually did, when it occasionally did make it down to the other end of the ground, yeah, very well. And uh, the Swans just um, yeah, they really barely put up a fight, did they? I mean. It, brief period in the second term when they had a little bit of uh, a run on but um, you know once the Cats kicked the first few after half time it was uh, all over and uh, it was yeah, it was party time and uh, it was a very long, long extended party time for the Cats. I think it's the oldest team put out and most games played per player and yet it was Isaac Smith, Patrick Dangerfield, Joel Selwood, Tom Hawkins all played magnificent games. You've got to take that off to, to um, um, Chris, don't you? The Chris Scott, the the coach, just an amazing. We all thought they'd drop this year, still make the eight, but maybe move down a couple of pegs. They won fifteen or sixteen on the trot. Yeah, in the end, sixteen on the trot to win the premiership, which matched the efforts of Carlton in nineteen ninety five and the Brisbane Lions in the first of their three feet years in two thousand and one. Uh, extraordinary. No, I, I don't think anyone. Uh, I don't think many people expected too long to win the premiership this year. I mean, when you're sort of up there for so long. And you know you can seem to bring in older players, and and they, and they just get older, uh, older year on year, and, and obviously don't have the access to early draft picks. Uh, you expect that eventually it's going to catch up with them, but it didn't. If anything, they got better, and they they changed the game plan. They brought in, they changed up their assistant coaching. They, uh, I think they uh, their high performance staff also went through a bit of a turnover over the last couple of years, and you know it really worked brilliantly. Um, and they peaked at the right time. I mean, Patrick Dangerfield, mm. you know, we, we know how much of a champion he's been, and his best footy probably came five or six years ago, 16 when he won the Brownlow, and 17, he was he was brilliant that year as well, and obviously great in the last few years at the Crows, but um, yeah, he hasn't put that form together consistently over the last year, year or two, but he but he still had it in him, and, uh, you know, they got his body right. He went through a, sort of a mini preseason in, in May, June, and he was absolutely primed for uh, for the two biggest games of the year. He, he was brilliant in the preliminary final and, and almost as good in, in the grand final. And, you know, polling 10, Norm Smith medal both. Isaac Smith, remarkable uh, to be the oldest Norm Smith medal winner. Yeah. And you're right, Tom Hawkins, Mark Woodsabs, um, all, all there, pretty much all there, all the players played well. Uh, so, you know, too old. Too slow and too good. <laughs> yeah, they've certainly uh, a lot of clubs will be looking at that and thinking, uh, "Wow, I know the Crows are looking to rebuild and Geelong are looking to add some seniority to their list." But what about the Crows, Daniel? Obviously, a really poor day. I know in 2017 the Crows we had a really bad day and we tried to change probably too much. How much do you feel the uh, the Swans need to change? If anything, I know Horse Longmire took a lot of the brunt, saying he had a really poor day as a coach. Um, for Sydney, what needs to change for them to be able to get back uh, to where they got to? Yeah, it's a good question, Richard. And I, uh, yeah, I'm interested in your, your view. You know, you have been through through that where you know a really good year is, is marred by by poor day on grand final day. And I, I think the Swan, you know, I, I hand it to John Longby. He did take you know pretty much full responsibility, and he said he lot you know we let a lot of people down. That you know he lot 
they lost together, and, and that's not not everyone always does that. So you've got to, got to give him credit for being you know, sort of going down with the ship, so to speak. Um, look, they've got a lot of. I think I think that can be buoyed by the fact they do have a lot of very good young talent. And you look at their best player on the day, which is Chad Warner, and he's what twenty one. Yeah, so yeah they season. So he's got a very bright future, and they've got a lot of good kids like James Rowbottom. I think held up not too badly on the day. Fox was uh, good. Others, Robbie Fox is very good. He's um, you know, towards the other, the other end of the age spectrum, but you know he's done done a really good job for them and, and has sort of revitalised his career. Well, they didn't have many winners on the day, but they've got a lot of upside still. You know, most of the better players are still um, you know still very much in, the, in, the, in their prime years or have their prime years ahead of them. Uh, Franklin's a, a worry. Uh, we know he's going on for another year now. Mind you, a very tough day to be a forward for the mm-hmm. Swans. So. Um, but you do, you did look a bit old and slow, and a bit, um, you should look a bit over the hill on on Saturday. I'd be, you'd be loads to write off Buddy Franklin for good, and I think still think he can play a role next yeah. year. But uh, he did look a bit of it. So look, it's, I don't know. It's, it's tricky. You just got to make sure that you know you don't let that define you. Focus on the positives. Um, I think they need, to, they could probably do with a bit more grunt um, through the midfield, uh, albeit they. Um, you know, that was not a bad area for them in the back half of the season, but they looked they looked a bit small, and um, you know they were made they were made to look like a, uh, not a weak, weak is, is too strong a word, but they were made to look like a, a push uh, aside, you know, yeah. Side. yeah, on, on the weekend. So, look, I, I still think there's a very bright future for the Swans. I think they should be there about next year, but we've seen enough grand final uh, losers in recent years, particularly ones that have lost, you know, ugly fashion, um, that have um, that have not come back next year in the same touch, and, and the mental scars have. have dragged on. So, yeah, it is a crossroads for them. I want to talk contracts. You brought up an interesting point. Buddy Franklin's been my favourite player commentating for a number of years and he did look old and slow. Only had the five or six possessions, had no impact at all, signed on for another year. And you wonder, though, would he be part of another premiership? I mean, he'd be 36. He's had the nine-year contract. And it's a hard decision when you have to let a champion go, but he has re-signed and I'm not sure now whether... You know, maybe should have waited to draft the grand final, made a decision, see how he feels and how he played. It's tricky. I, I, I mean, I, I think the Swans were, were keen for him to go on. There was a bit of speculation about him going and playing elsewhere, potentially at one of the Queensland clubs. We had some connections up there, obviously that didn't eventuate and probably wasn't too much to it at, at any stage in, in, in reality. But, oh, look, I mean, Buddy Franklin is sort of a, you know, a once-in-a-generation player. And uh, I, I think he... You know, he kicked all 50 or so goals this year, so certainly still had something to offer. I mean, he's not, you know, he's not going to be a world beater anymore. Um, you know, he's got his days, and I think next year he can still play a role. Uh, but it probably just depends on the, on the contractual terms. And, and, you know, is there a prospect that he misses a few games next year, gets rested? Um, but, I, look, I think if you, really, if, you, if, you, if you step back and, and wait, look across... If, if, if his name wasn't Lance Franklin, it was, you know, if, if, if Sam Reid had played that game, he was fit. Or if Hayden McLean had played a Buddy Franklin game, no one would blink an eyelid. But because it's um, because it's Franklin, uh, you sort of hold him to a very high standard. So, look, I, I'm going to cut him some slack. It was such a tough day to be a forward for the Swans, and he was the least of their the least of their worries. Uh, not that maybe the least of their worries, but you know, it was not his fault. But you're right; it, you know, the end can come quickly, so it's a bit of a concern. And Dan, touching again on contracts, you wrote the article on uh, about Taranto and Hopper deals. What's in your opinion, what's the longest contract club should be offering star players? Is it, is it five years for me? I only did the three. I was happy to get what I could. But you see some, <laughs> Franklin got nine. I think 
you know, for a player, you can certainly build a, a, a team around. You're happy to give probably five years, but is that probably the limit in your opinion, or is it? You, would you be happy enough to give longer to players? The market has, has, has really changed, Richard. I mean, it, you, back, I don't know, free agency probably been the big change there. Um, it, it, the the ability to get a player for, for nothing as a free agent is sort of there's been a bit of a trade off there that you you um, you give them longer deals to sort of lure them from their from their former home because you're not giving up any draft capital. Mm. Uh, and obviously, it depends not just on you know not just on um, on turn on tenure, but also on on money. And uh, to view fair, uh, there's generally a bit of a trade off there as well. You know, if you get a longer deal, you might take a little bit less per year. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, look, Franklin yeah, got nine years. They gave him nine years. I mean, he's a once in a generation player. I think at the time it was sort of dubbed irresponsible. I think over the course of the nine years, he's pretty much held up his end of the bargain albeit he missed one full year through injury and had one or two others where he was probably not quite his best. Um, but, you know, I'm trying to think how many players are on the leg. I don't think I'd give a, play- a nine-year deal to a, a no, current player no, in the leg. No, no. I, I can't think there's anyone that's even, you know, close to that. I mean, we saw Charlie Kernow just got six years, uh, six-year extension, a brilliant player, but with his injuries, it's a bit of a worry. Petrarca and Oliver injury. got long terms, Dan? Oh, there's, look, there's a lot of them around the leg. And, Lynch? And I, 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 yeah, I mean, look, Lynch... Lynch has probably I've got six or seven. Uh, he's probably okay. He's about as bankable as, as you can get, and you know, such a star key forward. I think he's, you know, if, if you're going to give one, I, I'd be more readily give one to a key, key position player than a, than a than a midfielder because I think midfielders are more readily replaceable. They've got to be a sort of goalkeeping midfielder. Like a danger, you know, I suppose a danger field at the, the peak of his powers. Mm. If you gave him six or seven years, I think you'd probably, you know, Christian Petrarca got that sort of length. I think you got a six or seven year extension. So um, I can sort of see that, uh, but there's very few players around the league. I, I, it does make you nervous. Like I, I see some of these players, thinking, like Callum Mills got a six year deal. I really like Callum Mills as a player, but six years, a lot. Um, you know, Daniel Rioli got a five year extension. Yeah. This is the guy who's playing VFL last year. And look at Trelaw uh, and Grundy, Dan. I mean, they're both ending up in tears by the looks of it. Trelaw, they're paying out part of his salary and Grundy's only played two of seven and, it looks like they want him out. Yeah, and it'll be a similar situation where they they'll have to pay part of his salary. So it's it's look, it's risk versus reward, uh, and you know sometimes you know when it pays off, you look like a genius, but um, it's uh, it's risky. It, it's risky, but it's just the, the change dynamics across the league. And you know, do you want to risk a player? Do you want to you know? Are you willing to let Adam Trelaw go or Brody Grundy go at the time, or or now we're talking about a Charlie Kernow or uh, Callum, I was telling it was probably not much of a flight risk given he's an academy kid, but someone like the, of, of that ilk, uh, Rowan Marshall signed a five-year deal at St Kilda. Are you, are you willing to let that player go? Zach Merritt signed a six-year deal at Essendon. Gr- yeah, very good player. Five tops, I reckon. Wow. You, yeah, some of these guys, you do you do worry a bit. You mentioned Dan in the article, fifty plus players on five-year deals in the AFL right now. Is it per club? Like, I mean, how many players at a particular club can you have on a five-year deal? That, if you have too many, that's certainly going to leave you hamstrung, isn't it? Come. If you're trying to attract a player or things like that, you probably can't have more than two or three, wouldn't I thought? No, you're right. It's interesting because clubs clubs also argue that having these long-term deals does give you an element of certainty around your list composition, uh, that at least you actually know if these guys are locked in for the long term that you can sort of plan yeah. well into the future and you can shuffle money around if need be, but eventually it catches up with you. And if you keep pushing the money back, and this is where Collingwood ran into trouble, Famously in 2020, and the Giants and the Suns have probably had similar issues. Yeah. The Giants, they've got a lot of guys. So I think it, you know, it, it, 
uh, I don't think there's a set number per se, but mm. you know, the more you have, the less flexibility you have, and the more potential albatrosses around your neck. You, yeah, but you know, nooses around your neck, you can have, and it, and it does become problematic. Yeah, I love the article, Dan. But how the heck could Rory Atkins get a five-year deal when he couldn't <laughs> even make the crow side? Five years and Tomlinson, Aiden Core. I mean, they're reasonable players; they can all play footy, but they're not a five-year deal, man. And Wayne Miller, it's ended up in tears here in Adelaide. He's played about mm-hmm. ten games in three years. Yeah, no. Look, uh, uh, you're preaching the converted. I, I think it, it's. Um, I think it's. It's just a mar- it's market forces. I mean, to, to lure a player, I suppose they would, these clubs would argue to lure those players they needed to give them those in that, that you know that tenure. And then Dan McStay, who's an okay player, but I think you know he's been off for five years by Collingwood on pretty good money. It, it just does seem overs. Um, but again, it's, it's it's market forces, and yeah. and once once a couple of you know once a couple of these sort of middle you know middle range players start getting these sorts of deals, then it normalises it, and everyone. I think by the line I used in the story, and this was sort of from, from an official at, at a club who said, you know, someone like Jacob Hopper peers over the fence and sees Lockie Whitfield on his seven-year deal or Tim Duranto, and, mm. and, and suddenly you think, oh, I deserve this too. And on, on that argument, probably does. So yeah. it just it normalises it. Mm. I'd give uh, Robbie Williams a five-year deal. He was outstanding. <laughs> but, hey, Dan, good article. No, I tend to agree. I've always thought three with an option is probably the way to go, and that keeps him hungry. But... Uh, We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, thanks for your time once again. Pleasure, guys. Dan Cherney there from Code Sports for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Uh, thanking Australia for making Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Also, Lumo Energy SA-owned, 100% Australian-owned. Dougie, so you got three years as your biggest deal? Yes, it was. Yeah, I think you mentioned keeping them hungry, but the thing at the moment, it's a, it's a player's market, so they can uh, command the dollars they want. They're scared of losing them when they come out of contract, aren't they? Oh, that's right. You know, clubs, are, they don't get to call the shots anymore. Um, but I'm with you. Certainly for a star, five years, I think's enough. Um, but for most guys, a good players, three's where you want to be. And I think sometimes not in the player's best interest to have a five or seven, they get stale or can't get a game or this or that too. You well, want to... I remember Alistair Lynch back when they signed a 10-year, $1 million deal, I think, and, and he's... Back end of his yeah. contract, he was, he was only getting hundred thousand dollars. Everyone else was getting was three four hundred. But he actually was good. Him and Franklin have been the two best ones. I that's worth. But they're marquee players as yeah. well, aren't they? They need they a lot of about on field, but also what they can provide off field. Okay, you don't sell yourself well, short. So. You're a marquee player too. <laughs> We're going to take a break. Our guest there, Dan Cherney. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day SA for weeks. Weeks homes discover different time now, though, Dougie. This is a segment I know you like. The Kia Top 7. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. So what we do, we go from 7 down to 1. And you can open the batting. What's your number oh, seven? Like Kia, one. top seven. Oh, I just want to give a shout out to Dane Rampey for number seven. I thought he's, uh, what he said post-match was all class. And I know Brilliant. that incredibly tough, I know that would be. So uh, fantastic. Uh, and the way he re- uh, represented his club, was, I thought was really classy. Well done. That's thinking outside the square. I've gone, my number seven, the, the performance of the coach, Chris Scott. I think amazing. A lot of people wrote him off. He's had an incredible record since taking over and winning the premiership in his first year to win another one. 11 years later with an old team, the oldest team ever, outstanding. Remarkable. Really uh, incredible. For me, number six, I had Tyson Stengel. Not just, uh, you know, the whole season, but the the grand final. Four goals. I think he had six uh, score assists or goal assists. Um, 
from where he's come from, it's incredible. incredible. I think Woodville West Torrens need to take some credit for Tyson as well, and obviously Yeti, but uh, it was great to see. Yeah, Jay Cheedy and the way they got him yeah, back into absolutely. play. I've gone, look, I could probably could make my top 14 highlights all Geelong, but I, I put in Chad Warner, Doug, you don't know what, what you thought of his game, but he looked to be one that wasn't a rabbit in the headlights, had 29 possessions, outstanding run, kicked a couple of goals, and uh, he had a really good game for a side that got smashed. Yeah, he was a shining light, wasn't he? Uh, he's a hell of a player already and only going to get better, but uh, they were uh, few and far between for the Swannies, unfortunately. For me, number five, I'm not sure if you've seen it, Dave, but uh, Geelong's Mad Monday celebrations. <laughs> Absolutely, first class. On the pensioners' bus, wasn't it, or something? <laughs> yeah, just getting out of the <laughs> bus and uh, someone fell out, I think, and uh, just a bit of fun yeah. for the boys and a little little jab at the media, I think, for saying, uh, you know, whacking them along the the way for how old they're the senior so. citizens card. So well done, the cat. Mine's slightly different. Um, not only the game Joel Selwood played, but you would have seen he carried um, young Levi, Gary Ablett's son, who's very, very sick young fella. And um, the joy on his face when Selwood, he does everything right, Joel Selwood. Mm. You would have played against him so many times, but that was one, I think, one of the most touching moments of the GF. Yeah, I had uh, Joel in my top seven as well. That was, um, that was class, wasn't it? And what he did post game. Um, getting around the fans and the way he spoke and carried himself. Gave the little kid his boots. Yeah, the boots, <laughs> the Oscar. That was just uh, some beautiful moments. Um, I uh, concur with that completely. I had Chris Scott at four. I think what he's done and um, just to stay the course, I think really over the last few years they've been tested, they've been hounded from the media. I know that even their supporters have given him a hard time, thought they should have moved him on. Um, but the way they go about it and the program he's put in place, they've got the least amount of contact hours per week at that club. Everyone's out of the door by 2 p.m. Wow. Um, and they just love it as players and they Solid love him. Club. So he's uh, he's as good a coach, obviously, as there is out there at the moment. I went with your former teammate, Patrick Dangerfield. He's done it all now. Brownlow, All-Australian uh, Premiership, best and fairest, as good as it gets. And... Um, very humble too. I don't think he went over the top. He's just so happy to finally. What did he say? That he climbed Mount Everest, and I think rightly so. Yeah, no, Ripper, love, love, Patty. I went uh, away from Melbourne in the grand final for this one. How could you not mention the goat of tennis, Roger Federer, um, finishing up uh, at the Labor Cup? Uh, lost his doubles <laughs> with Rafa, but uh, hearing some nice words uh, spoken about Fed, and I've seen his aftermatch uh, interview was. Uh, you talk about all class with Rampy. Federer is uh, almost a perfect absolute, sportsman, isn't he? He's a fantastic watch. So he's going to be missed, but uh, hopefully not lost to tennis. I've gone. Robbie Williams, uh, let me entertain you. He entertained everyone at the G, and often they they say the pre-match is awful. He was brilliant, mm. absolutely brilliant. So one under Robbie in his pink outfit, thought he stole the show. Three million dollars for twenty minutes. How's, what's that worth? Oh, that's a, it's your money, sort of thousand dollars a second, or yeah, <laughs> I mean, probably peanuts, Tim, but. Uh, but he did entertain he him, did. didn't he? He did, absolutely. And the tributes to Warney and to John Brilliant. Farnham John were Farnham, yeah. great touches as well, which Brilliant. I know the, the Melbourne crowd And loved. Delta got up there with him too. Delta was excellent. Um, it was probably the highlight of the day, wasn't it, for Sydney fans? It bad. Um, for me, number two, I had Joel Sell. We've touched on Joel and, and what a champion he is. But the question now, I guess, is, is he going to go on? So that's only he will know. And I think this is the class of the man. He's... Just put that talk off hold. For Not the all week. about him. Not about him. Let's let the boys celebrate. I don't want to take away from that. So he'll probably talk to his, uh, you know, most important and trusted people over the next week. And make he might think there's one more premiership there. The way they're going. Well, you wouldn't uh, bet against him. <clears> that's for sure. Uh, my number two, Isaac Smith, one of the old guys. He ran all day, probably running as hard as anybody. He won the Norman Smith. I would have had Dangerfield as best, but. Um, Great game, three goals. Could have kicked four or five himself, so wouldn't have Isaac Smith. Yeah, no, he's a ripper. Hard to believe Hawthorne let him go. 
for me, number one, just uh, the Geelong Snap. football club. Um, what more do you say? The way, you know, they've been, uh, they've swum upstream really for what everyone else is doing. They've, everyone looks to rebuild, um, take their Incredible, time. But really. They've just done their own way and they've owned it and they've committed to it and you've got to love it. And the leaders that drive it in that footy club, you've got the coach, Hawkins, Selwood, Dangerfield and these types. It's just, watching it, is, it's like a place you want to be at, isn't it? They've only been pushed once, really. Collingwood almost got them in the, the qualifying final, but outs, I'm with you. They're my number one, too. So we spoke about that at the start of the show, Dougie. Um, Dangerfield, Geelong, Selwood, um, Robbie Williams, all that. World under the cats. And Sydney, can they come back? Well, we'll find out. I, I think under John Longmire, they will come back. He's a pretty level-headed coach and uh, got a lot of good young players you can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. First night in Blighty's chair. Well done. Thank you. And you'll be back tomorrow be back. between Absolutely. 6 and 7. Well done, Richard. See you tomorrow night. Bye. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.